Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. And Christian, I am still reeling from the 93rd Academy Awards. (laughs) How are you doing, my friend? I am glad that they're over, and that's that's not what you want to hear right after you've seen the Oscars. I'm glad I can start to watch movies that aren't Oscar-related. And I'm also just, like, done right now with what the Oscars are. <laughs> I still think yeah. they're important. And I will still watch the ceremony in its entirety every single year. But I'm kind of done. Agree. There's definitely a, an Oscars hangover effect <laughs> that settles in after the ceremony every year. And this one in particular... With the extended Oscar season, because things got pushed back to April, I'm just ready to start watching some whatever stands out to me on HBO Max. Mortal kinds of Kombat movies. <laughs> again. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Have you? Did you indulge? Have you seen Mortal Kombat? I have not. I'm waiting to watch it with a couple of friends, but I have seen Godzilla v Kong, and I am waiting for In the Heights. I'm incredibly excited for In the Heights. I have a personal theory that it is going to be just an enormous movie whenever it comes out because the whole world is going to be returning to the theaters to see it so best of luck to Lin-Manuel and everyone else involved with that hopefully very good movie let's okay 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 you know what I will say (laughs) um we're gonna start in a second but before then do you think In the Heights will be better, or do you think West Side Story will be better? And by better, I mean, which one do you think you will enjoy more? <laughs> we're, we're being That's blessed a great this year by not one, but two Hispanic musicals. <laughs> that is a great question. <sighs> Obviously. The West, the West Side Story trailer looked dope. I, yeah, I, I know some people have responded strangely to it. I don't have a ton of strong thoughts about it. Um I also haven't seen the original West Side Story, which (laughs) has has been cause for derision from some of my movie-watching friends. So, I am not sure. I Obviously, Steven Steven Spielberg directing West Side Story gives us hope that it should be good. John Chu is certainly a successful director. He's directing In the Heights, but he's not quite the Oscars darling that Steven Spielberg has been throughout his career. I honestly think In the Heights is going to be better just as a pure piece of populist entertainment in terms of overall quality. I, I don't entirely know what to expect from Spielberg's West Side Story other than the fact that he's Steven Spielberg and he makes great movies. So do you have any thoughts, Christian? In the Heights, I, I, it, I'm, I'm choosing In the Heights because it's sooner. There's no math behind it. It's just it's in June instead of November. <laughs> love it <laughs> that's all we need so maybe we'll be talking about them in a year when we're reflecting on the best picture winner of 2022 but we are here to discuss the oscar winners of this year's ceremony all in all christian what did you think it was a strange ceremony being in union station not in the dolby theater the order was all out of whack because steven soderberg was doing steven soderberg things And there were certainly some moments of controversy, as there are at every Oscar ceremony. So, Christian, in general, what were your thoughts on the show in general? Not the specific winners, necessarily. I thought it was kind of boring. I thought the first hour was boring. I thought the second hour was better. 
I thought the third hour I wanted to go home, but I couldn't because I was waiting on a couple more awards. <laughs> so what what elements of the second hour stood out to you? What worked for you that, that didn't at the beginning and near the end? Honestly, I enjoyed that they let these people go on and on with their speeches. I actually really enjoyed that. What I thought was boring throughout was that there was no host. And I know that this is like the fourth, third or fourth year without a third year without a host. Look, I don't know what kind of progressive BS you're pulling. Just get me a host who's funny and who can get stuff done. I I don't know how I feel about the whole hosting controversy. Should we have one or not? I think I would I would like if there was a host again. I'm not really sure who I would want to be the host. Lil Rel Howery kind of got a opportunity to function as a host as he and Questlove did this guess the original song nominees and winners bit that resulted in Glenn Close doing debut, which is certainly one of the more viral moments from this show. So maybe he would make a good host, but who knows? I, I do agree with you there that maybe getting back to a host would be good. I also really sorely missed the the clips, and I know that some, for some people they're just a lame part of the show, but I like getting to see clips of the nominees in recent years too. They've even shown some of the behind the scenes when it comes to visual effects, showing something from previs all the way to being featured in the movie, and there were no montages. We come to the Oscars to fawn over the movies. How did you cut out all the montages? I, I mean... I'm a total sucker for that kind of thing, and so I was very sad about that. No clips, or I guess few clips, but no montages. Come on, Soderbergh. You know what I was okay with, though? No musical performances. I did not miss them. (laughs) Not one bit. Yes. The original song performances were relegated to the pre-show. I think the only one I actually saw by the time I tuned in was hers performance which of course she would go on to win the best original song so we'll get to that later cool performance for sure but the original song moments are never highlights or often i would say rarely highlights there are a few that stand out i know lady gaga's song that won shallow i can't remember one actually it did Uh, shallow obviously was great i was thinking of a different song actually because she contributed a song to a documentary for the hunting ground i know what you're talking about that i remember that performance fantastic performance and that's one of those one of those true Oscar breakout moments. Adele Skyfall. That I remember for a long time. Adele singing Skyfall was great. But in general, the original song nominees are credit songs featured <laughs> in movies that not many people have seen or that aren't connected to these larger, big Oscar movies. And we didn't really miss much by not having them perform during the show. I agree. Any other general thoughts before we get into Let's some of jump these into these categories. Let's do it. So Christian and I will quickly run through some of these smaller categories and offer thoughts if we have them before getting on to the bigger ones that we previewed in our show last week. So Christian, I'm going to just read straight off the Wikipedia page here and go from bottom to top. So the last award featured on Wikipedia is Best Visual Effects. The nominees there were the one and only Ivan, Mulan, The Midnight Sky, Love and Monsters, and the ultimate winner, Tenet. Any thoughts there, Christian? Christopher Nolan's Tenet getting some Oscar shine? Uh, kind of obvious. I-, I thought. Yeah, in terms of visual effects winners, this often goes to a huge blockbuster or a comic book movie. And with so few of them this past year, it seemed like Tenet was kind of the obvious choice, especially in terms of a, a widely seen, much talked about movie. 
I saw and enjoyed Love and Monsters, and I thought the visual effects there were actually pretty good. But yeah, this is the kind of movie that Tenet is the kind of movie that wins this award usually, so no complaints there. Uh, moving up, we had Best Film Editing. A lot of Best Picture nominees here, nominees being The Trial of the Chicago 7, Promising Young Woman, Nomadland, The Father, and the ultimate winner, Sound of Metal. Christian, obviously your favorite movie of last year. Any thoughts on the editing in particular? Are you, are you happy for this win? Did you not much care? It was my personal pick. It was not... I, I did two ballots, one for who I wanted to win and one for who I thought would win. I'm surprised it didn't go to trial. Normally, Sorkin's scripts are for people to win editing. So I that that did surprise me, but I'm happy with it. I normally like the best film editing winners because they're fast-paced movies. I agree. Sound of Metal is definitely a well-edited movie, and that it's hard sometimes to talk about editing. It just obviously... The best editing is sometimes invisible, but there are some moments in there. There's conversations that happen between some of the main characters, really bringing out the emotional core of that story. The editing cadences are just perfect there, balancing out Riz Ahmed's character with Paul Racy's character. I also thought the father was really well edited, which isn't something you can say about sort of a <laughs> an oscar drama, but the way that they play with the space and the different actors that are involved in the different roles they're playing in The Father, I thought was really well done. Next up, we had Best Costume Design. Nominees there were Pinocchio, Mulan, Mank, My Beloved Emma, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the ultimate winner. Christian, I gotta say, I was a little disappointed that Emma didn't get to walk away with an Oscar this this very night. I do love my costume dramas, but the costuming in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was certainly well done, and I also loved that movie. I liked it more than Emma. I just feel like I have to go to bat for Emma, but I was a fan. So any thoughts on Ma Rainey's costumes? Do you wish Mank came away here or any other thoughts? I, I think it was, honestly, had Emma won, I would have been okay with it. The costuming in Emma was phenomenal and the costuming in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm okay with this. Big shout out to Anne Roth, winning an Oscar at the crisp age of 89. Wasn't at the show last night to receive her award, but... She has had an excellent career, her second Oscar there for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Good job for her. Also want to shout out Pinocchio real quick. There was a lot of tweeting about Pinocchio because <laughs> it's an Italian movie that was not seen much at all in our country. And <laughs> for all of us common folk, we were completely shocked that this movie was nominated. I had briefly heard about it in that I'm a movie fanatic and this is one of the two awards it was nominated for and it had people tweeting all night about <laughs> this phantom Pinocchio adaptation so congrats to Matteo Garoni the, the Italian director who got his movie two Oscar nominations in this category and in this category best makeup and hairstyling so we have Pinocchio Mank Hillbilly Elegy Emma and once again winning was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom I, I predicted that I I think that was kind of easy to to see coming and i agree i think that the makeup and hairstyling in mariani's black bottom is wonderful it's it stands out and it's what you want i agree i think viola davis and her character of mariani in this movie in particular is is so well put together by those costuming her and doing her hair and makeup she just jumps off the frame before she even starts to act and of course she's viola davis once she gets going then she really jumps out of the frame but just such a well put together and designed movie also want to shout out mia neal and jamika wilson two of the three winners for my rainy's black bottom who became the first black women to win in this category <laughs> obviously 
93 Academy Awards ceremonies until we had black women winning in this category, which is unfortunate, but always cool to see those barriers being broken that hopefully will happen more and more as the Academy continues to diversify. All right, Christian, best cinematography. We had, again, uh, a slate of us of best picture nominees here. We had The Trial of the Chicago 7, Nomadland, News of the World, the only one not also nominated for Best Picture, Judas and the Black Messiah, and ultimately winning was Mank. Christian, any thoughts on our black and white Best Picture winner here? I honestly thought it should have gone to Nomadland. I liked it more. I like the cinematography on Nomadland better. I think the no- cinematography in Mank is, is fine. But I... I, I I get it. I guess it's just not what I, I I disagree slightly, but not too much. Yeah, cinematography again is a kind of award where sometimes the best of it is often invisible. It's not very showy, and it's bringing out the best of the themes in the movie. And that's something that Joshua James Richards, who works with Chloe Zhao, I believe they're romantic partners as well working with her he does tremendously and if you liked the way that nomadland was shot both speaking to christian and anybody else listening then definitely check out the rider as well her preceding film just a a beautiful film and joshua james richards also worked on that bringing out the best in these natural landscapes and telling telling the story wonderfully so i was a little surprised that nomadland didn't win as well obviously uh, a big oscars juggernaut going into this ceremony I I enjoyed Mank. I wasn't a diehard fan, but it really had some haters. <laughs> and I was I was a fan, and I thought the black and white look was really cool and well accomplished. Sometimes you do wonder why people put their modern day movies in black and white instead of color. Sometimes it's just a choice, but I, I thought that it was actually well done by Fincher and Eric Messerschmidt. So again, I'm with you. Not really complaining too much here. Moving up. We have Mank's other win of the night, Best Production Design. So the nominees were Tenet, News of the World, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Father, and as I said, Mank ultimately winning. Recreating old Hollywood, you gotta love it, and Hollywood loves itself. So (laughs) movies like Mank are often praised for their production design. Christian, did you have any thoughts on this category? Absolutely none. Like like (laughs) not one bit. I had some folks, I I had heard some say they thought Tenet had a chance here. Obviously, production design is about creating a world, creating these these sets that work together to tell the story. And Tenet is such a unique world, especially with having to to design the sets around moving backwards in time often. But uh, not too many complaints here. Again, Mank, a a well-designed movie from top to bottom. So the fact that they walked away with cinematography and production design, that, that works for me. Next up, we had Best Sound. The nominees were Soul, News of the World, Mank, Greyhound, and the ultimate winner, Sound of Metal. If there was anything close to a complete and utter lock in these awards, it had to have been Sound of Metal in Best Sound. It had sound in the title. It was going to win. It's like if the actual title for Soul was Best Animated Feature. So, no. Yeah, it... Sound was incredible. I've seen Greyhound and Mank and Soul. Haven't seen News of the World. You know what? Sound in them, fine. Sure. So, the, the sound in Sound of Metal was revolutionary. I I agree that the sound in that movie is crucial to telling the story because it immerses you in the world of a character who is suffering through hearing loss. 
And so often the best sound is focused on war movies or just general action movies. These huge movies with lots of different effects and things going on, which obviously requires a ton of skill from those behind the scenes. But the sound in Sound of Metal is, is so immersive and just completely necessary to tell the story in that way. So I was pleased with the win, just confirming something that should have should have been done. I do want to say the sound in Greyhound is very effective <laughs> in a movie it's that... It's not. Well, what? I've seen Greyhound. It, it's fine. Am I about to argue with you about Greyhound no. movies? No, you're not. <laughs> that should have happened on another show, but I completely disagree there, but <laughs> who cares? No, nobody cared about Greyhound except for the sound division of the Academy, so good job, y'all. Speaking of things that sound good, best original song. We had Speak Now from One Night in Miami, Scene from The Life Ahead, Husevik from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7, and the ultimate winner, Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Christian, we talked about how we don't really care about the original songs. Did you have any feelings about any of these songs in particular? I'm only going to say one thing about this. Husavik is the only song that I remember because it's the only song out of these five that actually had a place in the narrative. Yep. <laughs> I'm not saying Husavik is the best song. I'm just saying I can't remember a single thing about the others. Nine, 99 times out of 100, the songs featured in this category, if they're not from a musical, are songs that play over the credits and aren't necessary to the movie. This category is so strange and it's so weird that it's been a part of the Oscars for so long <laughs> that we're recording, we're rewarding movies. <sighs> so who knows? Uh, I do wish they had nominated Zsa Zsa Ding Dong instead of Husevik from Eurovision Song Contest, but that's just me. Congratulations to her. She is younger than the both of us and she now is the proud owner of an Oscar. <laughs> Good for her. She's halfway to an EGOT and she's 23. <laughs> Now, the more important movie category, Best Original Song, we had News of the World. Score. Minari. Best Original Score. Best Original Score. Thank you. We had News of the World, Minari, Mank, De Five Bloods, and the ultimate winner, Soul. Christian, did you have a favorite score, at least from this group? I would say hmm, I, I, it's probably between Soul and Minari for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm very happy they'd go to Soul. I think that it, it it wasn't just a good score, but it it's a song about it. It's a movie about a jazz teacher. The score was integral to the story. So I like how they were able to work with that. I spent some time listening to the music from Soul and the music from Minari uh, the past couple of days, and they're both beautiful. Emil Mosseri, nominated for Minari, also did the work on The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is another beautiful score. But I have no complaints with Soul winning as well. I am mad this is the only category that Defy Bloods was nominated in. Yeah, screw that. Screw that. <laughs> Terrence Blanchard is a, a wonderful, wonderful composer and has made a lot of great music with Spike Lee over the years. So congrats to him. Uh, a well-deserved nomination. Uh, moving up, we had the two short film categories. Best animated short film. Also, the winner here was If Anything Happens, I Love You by Michael Govier and Will McCormick. And for Best Live Action Short Film, we had Two Distant Strangers from Trevon Free and Martin Desmond Rowe. I conflate those to one quick category. I didn't see any of the shorts this year. It's a category that I didn't engage with. I would like to watch these two that won. They're both available on Netflix, which is pretty cool. I f Netflix puts out a fair amount of shorts, and they have over the past few years. I, again, haven't checked them out myself, but I do want to see at least two distant strangers. 
Christian, did you have a chance to see any of these? Uh, if anything happens, I love you is beautiful. Two distant strangers. I know the plot synopsis of it, and it seems very heavy. So I'm looking forward to visiting that soon. Same here. So moving on. We then had the documentary categories. So um, best documentary short subject, the winner was Colette by Alice Doyard and Anthony Giacchino. Kino, Christian, any thoughts on that one? Again, the shorts. I know we didn't engage. I don't much know with them. who Colette is. <laughs> yep. Here. Congratulations to Anthony Giacchino, the brother of Academy Award winning composer Michael Giacchino. <laughs> now, the bigger category for at least the two of us best documentary feature. The nominees were Time, The Mole Agent, Crip Camp, Collective, and My Octopus Teacher was the film that came away with the win. Christian, I'm not going to lie, even though I didn't see all five of these movies, My Octopus Teacher was a distant third of the three that I did see. I really was pulling for either Time or Crip Camp to win, Time being one of my favorite films of last year, just in general. So I'm a little displeased with (laughs) with this one. Did you have any thoughts? Okay, I wasn't the biggest fan of Crip Camp. I thought it was fine. My Octopus Teacher looked pretty. If that had been nominated for Best Cinematography, sure. Like, I won't disagree with that. The fact that neither Collective nor Time won is is honestly a travesty. They, you know what, you know what's in my octopus teacher? There's like a two minute segment of an octopus getting killed by a shark. That's what we get. This is what we're awarding. <laughs> yeah, my octopus teacher winning is definitely more about that movie being widely available on Netflix, even though all of these movies are streaming at various points, and being a feel good movie because the rest of them are. A little bit heavier, to the best of my knowledge. Obviously, I haven't seen Collective and the Mole Agent, but a shame. <laughs> Time is incredible. You should all go watch it. Moving on. Best international feature film. We had Quo Vadis Aida, The Man Who Sold His Skin, Collective, once again, Better Days, and the winner, Another Round. This made me happy, Christian, although I didn't see the other nominees. I very much enjoyed Another Round. Did you have any thoughts on this category? I am not a fan of Another Round. I don't believe it should have won out of the three international feature films i've seen nominated this one was by far the worst for me i think it's an inappropriate film and i can't believe i'm saying this i actually think it's a film that promotes a dangerous view of alcoholism and i did not think i'd be the one on the podcast saying this i think it's badly written weakly written and i think it's weakly directed and i don't like it I need to unpack this more with you because we don't have time because we have other categories to get to. But, um, you know, I'll just say you're wrong. And we'll move on to (laughs) Best Animated Feature Film. We had Wolf Walkers, a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Over the Moon, Onward, and the winner, Soul. Christian, I loved Soul, obviously, my number two movie of the year. I both really liked Onward and Wolf Walkers as well. Did you have any thoughts on this category? I am surrounded by my friends here who think that soul was not that good and to them i say screw you man soul was the best animated film of this year actually no that was weathering with you but that wasn't nominated so let's go with soul (laughs) i really did love soul i know a lot of people didn't connect with it well but i was a huge fan moving on to the finally the big eight categories so we had best adapted screenplay the nominees were The White Tiger, One Night in Miami, Nomadland, Borat's subsequent movie film, and the ultimate winner, The Father. Nomadland was a favorite, betting favorite at least, going into the ceremony, and The Father ultimately won. I was perfectly fine with that. 
Christian, did you... Perfectly fine with it. It it was a beautiful adaptation. It really was. And for a year in which so many adaptations of stage plays ended up Oscar-nominated movies, I really felt that The Father and One Night in Miami, I should say as well, another nominee there, both adapted the plays that they were capturing very, very well. And The Father made it so cinematic. And that is, of course, part of Florian Zeller's direction, but the screenplay he wrote with Christopher Hampton was a key part in that. And Best Original Screenplay, we then had The Trial of the Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Minari, Judas and the Black Messiah, and the ultimate winner, Promising Young Woman. Uh, This is a win that I had seen some almost controversy over. A lot of critics, I would say, did not like Promising Young Woman, particularly for its screenplay. So, Christian, what were your thoughts on Emerald Fennell picking up the win? I love Promising Young Woman, and I love the screenplay of it. I think that the direction is actually what's the true beauty of Promising Young Woman, not the screenplay. But I think that I I like that the Academy recognized this kind of award, this kind of film. My favorite is Minari. I, I think that Minari had the ultimately best script, but I'm okay with the Promising Young Woman win. I would probably agree with you. I do wish Lee Isaac Chung could have won here. I had some problems with the script of Promising a Woman, particularly how it ends. So maybe not where I would have gone, but Emerald Fennell gave a great speech and we love great speeches at the Oscars. And obviously we, you and I were talking about this behind the scenes, but uh, there just needs to be more women making movies, writing movies, getting their own screenplays adapted. And I guess not adapted, but made. And I'm, I'm psyched for Emerald Fennell that she was able to, to win Oscar gold last night. Uh, moving on to the acting categories. Best Supporting Actress. Uh, the nominees were Amanda Seyfried, uh, Olivia Coleman, Glenn Close, Maria Bakalova, and our predicted winner, Yoon Yoo-jung for Minari. I was so pleased both with her victory and <laughs> with her great speech. Uh, a beautiful moment of the Oscars letting speeches air out for a longer period of time. She got to uh, throw some love Brad Pitt's way, and I'm all about that. Christian, were you, were you happy with this win? I was ecstatic with this win. You go shoot your shot with Brad Pitt. Yoon Yoo Jung, I mean, she's just so good. And a discovery to American audiences, as I don't know if she'd been in a Hollywood film before. So it's always exciting to see someone break out like that. I mean, Maria Bakalova, very similarly, just she's much younger, appearing to American audiences for the first time in Borat's subsequent movie film and also ending up at the Oscars. So congrats to her as well. But uh, Sunja in Minari, the grandmother, is just a, an amazing character and an amazing performance. So we're excited for Yoon Jung. Best Supporting Actor, we had Lakeith Stanfield, Paul Racy, Leslie Odom Jr., Sasha Baron Cohen, and the winner, Daniel Kaluuya. Another incredible speech. <laughs> Christian, I was pretty psyched for him. He is an awesome actor. His first win and a second nomination, and his portrayal of Fred Hampton was brilliant. So I was pleased with the win. What did you think? Uh, incredible. I think his performance is incredible. I wanted him to win. I'm glad he won. I will still contend that Lakeith Stanfield should have been in leading, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm proud that both of them were able to receive a nomination. Uh, Moving on to the most intriguing categories, the leading acting performances. So for Best Actress, we had Carrie Mulligan, Vanessa Kirby, Andra Day, Viola Davis, and the winner with her third Oscar, Frances McDormand in Nomadland. I... I mean, she's just a Hollywood legend at this point. <laughs> I really thought they were going to go with either Viola Davis or Carrie Mulligan, so Frances McDormand came out of nowhere for me. But again, you can't really ever count her out. Christian, did you have any thoughts? I, I, I love Frances McDormand. This is this is not 
the performance I wanted to win. I agreed. I think we're split because I was pulling for Viola Davis. Who were you so pulling was for? I. Okay, so we're both pulling for Viola Davis. I agree that I was a, a little disappointed there, especially because Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom weren't recognized like they should have been. And we'll move on to this next category because it's another area where it fell short. So, of course, in Best Actor, the nominees were Steven Yeun, Gary Oldman, Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, and the ultimate winner, Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Uh, this is the... <laughs> this, is a, this, this is a travesty. <laughs> the this, train this, wreck of the Oscars. This is a travesty. This, this Okay, look. Riz Ahmed... Chadwick Boseman and Steven Yeun, I think, made better. I, I legitimately think had better performances. And look, some people are saying that this is Anthony Hopkins' best role. I I guess? Like, I don't know. I haven't seen the entirety of Anthony Hopkins' performance. But really? In a year where I think that there were better performances? I I just don't get it. I... I mean, I think Hopkins was was brilliant in The Father, but the problem is just everything surrounding this award. So if you didn't watch the show, they rearranged the ceremony so that Best Actor and Actress came after Best Picture, and they were trying to end on this triumphant win for Chadwick Boseman, and then they went to Anthony Hopkins, who wasn't even at the ceremony, and it was just a travesty. So I feel bad for he, he re- for Anthony others. Hopkins released a video today. Thanking the Academy right. and paying tribute yes. to Chadwick Boseman. Just uh, so very disappointing. Uh, and it's not Anthony Hopkins' fault. He did give a good performance. Last two awards, Best Director. Nominees were Emerald Fennell, Lee Isaac Chung, David Fincher, Thomas Vinterberg, and the ultimate winner, Chloe Zhao, for Nomadland. Sure. <laughs> I, am, I like Chloe Zhao, and I like Nomadland. I think that Minari and I think Promising Young Woman were better directed. However, I am happy that she was a frontrunner. And I am happy that she won. I would have been happier if someone else had won. This is another one where you're excited about what happened. Obviously, we're talking about Broken Barriers with Best Makeup and Hairstyling earlier. Chloe Zhao was the second woman ever to win this award, which is horrific <laughs> in terms of history. And this goes to show who has had opportunity in Hollywood for 93 years now. So huge congrats to her. This was obviously a very well-directed movie. And so I, I know I think you and I had some slight preferences elsewhere, but um, congratulations to Chloe Zhao. She now gets to go finish her Marvel movie. Hopefully it's <laughs> it's dope. And now Disney gets to market from Oscar-winning director Chloe Zhao on all the trailers that are going to get shoved down our throats for the next however many months. And lastly, Best Picture. Of course, don't need to read off all the nominees. The winner was Nomadland. Frances McDormand howled at the moon like a wolf, and it was weird, but hey, <laughs> I will take weird Oscar speeches. Um, Nomadland, I know, was not our favorite film from this bunch, let alone of the year. But in terms of the movies that get featured and get to win Best Picture, I thought it was a cool moment. Obviously, a a movie with a Chinese woman's fingerprints all over it, from the directing to the editing to the writing to the producing, and focusing on people who are left at the margins of Hollywood films, uh, these nomads, people who are living outside of capitalism. Um, Not my favorite movie, but I'm perfectly okay with it winning. Christian, how did you feel? I think that it was worthy of the recognition. And so 
I, I don't know. I the more I think about it, I think Nomadland is is pretty good. So I'm trying to be on the more optimistic side rather than think Minari only got one award. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I'm trying to be on the optimistic side. I wish Chloe Zhao the best. I can't wait for Eternals. I can't wait for her next film. But that's all really that I've got. We're trying to keep this episode short here, just we're going to wrap it up. I do wish we had some more time to kind of unpack this award, but uh, but hey, what can you do? Obviously, some folks love this movie more, and we'd love to know your thoughts if you're listening along to this show. Send us your thoughts on the Oscars this year or on Nomadland winning, whatever fits your fancy. You can send us an email at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. Um, but thanks so much for your support. If you'd like to continue to support us, you can also give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to give us a tweet. Thanks to our guy, Paul Gonzalez, for tweeting at us every now and again. Appreciate it, my friend, at Cinemadrip. You can follow Christian and myself on Letterboxd, where we are rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. Speaking of things that we're watching, it's time for a new blend of the month for the month of May. And speaking of Paul Gonzalez, it is one that he recommended. It's Magic Month coming up on the Cinema Drip Podcast. We'll be looking at movies featuring magicians for Magic Month. So not wizards. Sorry, Harry Potter. But the first movie that we will be looking at is Christopher Nolan's The Prestige, which, as of this recording, is available on Amazon Prime. And if it is missing from Prime by the time you hear this episode, it will be rentable uh, from a million different locations. Christian, have you seen The Prestige? It's my favorite Nolan movie. Perfect. It's one of my favorites as well. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you as we get to kick off Magic Month. As always, thanks so much for listening to the show. Christian and I love putting it together for you. So if you've made it this far, we appreciate your support. He's Christian. I'm Scott. And this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast. <laughs>